Hey friends, welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on becoming better followers of Jesus. If you're eager, like I am, to follow Jesus Christ, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. As we're on this episode, we're looking about getting up close and personal with others. Now, we're looking at the passage with Philip, and we looked in on Thursday's episode about how uh, it will not happen. We will not fulfill the Great Commission. We will not reach others. We will not have the opportunity to appeal to unbelievers unless we get up and go. And Philip had those clear instructions, and he obeyed immediately. And I think as we look at this passage, as we think about this idea of getting up close and personal, I think it's so important that we challenge ourselves and remind ourselves as we're focusing to take our next step in our faith. And we're talking about the study from a couple weeks ago or the past couple weeks about appealing to unbelievers. You see, all that's got, only way that's going to happen, I should say, is if we're willing to get up close and personal with other people. Now, it can happen from a distance. We utilize technology, podcasts, YouTube, all these things, and we've seen people grow in their faith, have questions answered. We've seen people accept Jesus Christ as their Savior through these avenues, and that is from a distance. But the gospel message is, is, is commanded people to go to people. Now, I understand it can happen through technology, but the the, the bulk of it, the vast majority of it is going to be one-on-one. It's going to be person in person. It's going to be relationships. It's going to be uh, many times the relationships that are built are what will allow people to, uh, to let you talk to them, pour into their life. So as we continue this thought, we go back to our passage in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 35. We don't have the time in our episode just to read all the way through it, but we'll make mention to a few verses here. First of all, here as we look, we looked at this in verse 26. The angel, the Lord spake unto Philip, I'm sorry, the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip and saying, Arise and go, verse 27, and he arose and went. And then we come down and he receives other instructions. In verse 29, the Spirit said, said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And so now we see, okay, he, went, he got up and went. He, because he did that, he had this divine appointment. But he could have stopped there and just looked at the Ethiopian eunuch like you and I look at people in the store or our waitress or people in our neighborhood. We got up and we went, but then we didn't engage. We didn't go near and join ourselves to them. I love the wordage here, to go near. And then look, the word is join thyself to this chariot. I mean, think about that. So what is Philip to do? He's to get up real close to this man. And the idea of join to connect himself to the chariot or where the man is at. You see, Philip could have made a, a ton of excuses. I can't get to him. Uh, there's just too much going on. It's too busy. I need to go somewhere. He won't listen to me. Who am I? I mean, obviously, this is a prominent man with some sort of caravan, probably, of protection. So it's almost like walking up to a politician's car. But that's what he did. Why? Because he received the instructions. And it was not going to happen witnessing, appealing to unbelievers, unless he was willing to get up close and then get personal. And I love this. So Philip does this. as he, Because he obeys, he arises, he gets up and goes, he gets up close. Now the opportunity is there. And he says this, Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? 
So because he was willing to get near to that person, he was able to hear or see or perceive something in his life. And what he perceives there, he hears him reading from the Bible. And he's able then to use that as his launching point or his platform to carry it further. And he says, look, do you understand what you're reading? It sounds like you're reading the Bible. Maybe you see somebody at work. You know, I heard you say something about God or I heard you say this about, you know, about this. Uh, you know, then you ask another question to try to follow more, to, to dig deeper. Remember, we talked about always asking open-ended questions in our previous study. But it was this question that opened the door to discover where this Ethiopian eunuch is at and then what he needs. Remember, we talked a lot about discovering our audience, finding out where they're at. That way we know, need to know. That way we know if we need to go to creation, if we don't need to back all the way up to creation, if we need to appeal to their conscience using the law and so forth, if we need to find some type of common ground uh, that we can use as a springboard into maybe what they already do believe and bring them over to something they don't believe. You see, he engaged them with a question, and this opened the door to discover where he was at. It also opened the door to get an invitation to speak into this man's heart and mind and opened the door for him to share the truth with him. You see, this is a seeker that just needed someone to guide him into the truth. Look at his response. Understandest thou what thou readest, said Philip? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? Think about that just for a moment. Now, he's reading the Word of God. Now, there are people that can read the Word of God and get saved on their own. But there's obviously people that are seekers who are reading the Word of God that are just not able to connect the dots. They need someone to lead them, to guide them. He said, how can I, except some man should what? Should guide me, can answer my questions, can show me truth, can help me to think through the issues that I'm struggling with. You see, Philip then jumps into the chariot. He sits in his car. He sits in the chair beside him. And he begins to answer the man's questions. You see, the place where he was reading was from Isaiah 53, and he says this, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture, and he said, look, this is who it's talking about. It's Jesus Christ, him crucified. He died for you. You see, you're a sinner because you've, you've broken God's law. Have you ever one time in your life stolen something? you ever one time in your life lied? The Bible says, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not steal. And you can show them that they're a sinner and tell them that Jesus Christ came. He didn't leave you in the mess because the wages of sin is death. But that verse doesn't stop there. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so he came, he paid the punishment that you deserve, and he offers you the free gift of eternal life. And that's what Philip is doing. And this man got it. It's so fascinating here that this man is seeking, and it took someone to guide him in the truth. You see, when you show people that you care, people will listen to you. Many times we worry, well, they're not going to listen to me. Well, when we go up to them like a car salesman or a gospel salesman, and we dump our five-minute presentation or 10-minute presentation on them and make a decision, I got to go, got the next person, then yeah, there's going to be a disconnect. They're not going to think you show interest. And that's why as we think about this, getting up close and personal also involves relationships. Many times you, as we talked about before, you may just be throwing a little nugget. You know, right now it's gardening time. 
and I think I spoke about this before, but it just illustrates it so well. And Scripture uses the seed, the watering, the cultivating of the soul as a metaphor, as an illustration of the gospel, of how it's planted in people's lives, how it grows, how it nurtures, and how there's various ways that you and I do that. And you and I may water a lot, and somebody else may reap the fruit. We may never get to see the fruit. Um, but all those uh, jobs are vital. And so it requires relationships. And as you and I build relationships with people at, at church, at work, on campus, in the community, then we have the ability to genuinely ask, genuinely ask them questions. And, man, questions are beautiful. Questions are powerful. Questions are informative. Questions uh, show interest. Questions show you're genuine. And the biggest thing I can say, yes, use questions. Just start asking people questions. Practice that and really learn about them. Get to know them because then they feel like you care about them. But do this when you ask the questions. Listen. You know, there's nothing worse than being in church or in the community and somebody's shaking your hand and you're trying to say, hey, how you doing? They say, hey, how are you doing? And you're getting ready to say good, bad, or whatever, and they're already looking off somewhere else. No, make the eye contact. Listen to them and listen intently. And, you know, the Scripture tells us that they, the God of this world had blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4. And so many times it is some type of skeptical intellectualism that blinds people. It's not blinding their eyes. We typically think of blindness as, you know, you can't see with your eyes. But this is mental blindness because Satan has put something there that is prohibiting them from accepting the gospel. For one young man, I remember it was dinosaurs. I had shared the gospel. He was right there. He just would not take that next step. And we went to lunch, we sat down, I began to talk to him, just trying to discover maybe what the issue was, or if I could, you know, try to present the gospel one more time. And just out of the blue, he said, hey, where are dinosaurs at the Bible? And I said, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? And so what it was, and right there, I just began to talk to him and share him in Genesis chapter 2. This is when dinosaurs came into existence. They were the land-dwelling animals and flying animals. The word dinosaur was, not coined, was coined after the English Bible was translated, therefore you do not find the word dinosaur in the Bible. Uh, we understand they went on the ark. The average average size of a dinosaur is a sheep, so they went on the ark. And then just like many other animals have gone extinct, dinosaurs went extinct. We know they existed because we have their fossils. So he was a biology major, and he knew that dinosaurs exist. And somebody or multiple people had told him that dinosaurs are not in the Bible. I don't know if that was a believer, unbeliever, whatever. But he said, there's no way I can believe the message about salvation if the Bible is not correct scientifically or is not correct about dinosaurs because I know they exist. And if it says they do not exist, then the gospel can't be true. So once I showed him that, that was the, that was the mental blocker. And there's been many other young people very similar to that. So what I'm saying to you is we're going to spend one more episode as we think on our next episode, well, just how close are we to get to sinners? You know, are we supposed to separate ourselves? Or are we so supposed to isolate ourselves? Well, guess what? Jesus gives us the perfect example. So tune in with us on next episode, and we'll look at that. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, we would love for you to share it with a friend or subscribe so that you can stay up to date on the latest studies. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.